Welcome to Stress-Free IEP. You do not need to do it all alone. With your host, Frances Schefter, Principal of Schefter Law. She streams the show live on Facebook on the last Tuesday of every month at noon Eastern. Get more details and catch prior episodes at www.schefterlaw.com. The Stress-Free IEP video podcast is also posted on YouTube and LinkedIn. And you can listen to episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Now, here's the host of Stress-Free IEP, Francis Schefter. Hello, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am so excited about our guest this week. I have Jenna Burke from Apple Ruth Tutoring, and I'm so excited because they definitely have a different approach. So Jenna, talk to me. What, what do you do with Apple Ruth, and what's that different approach that you guys have? Absolutely. So I do a lot of different things with Apple Ruth, um, which is kind of a common story at the company. A lot of times people come in as a tutor, which is how I started, and then realize that they're just really excited about um, Apple Ruth's approach to working with students and our general sort of philosophy about learning, and we want to get more involved. And so that's what kind of happened with me. So I started out as a tutor 10 years ago, and then I gradually worked my way up to being the tutor manager for Apple Ruth in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And I also work with educational consultants um, to make sure that their students are progressing the way that they'd like. Um, and I also work as an executive function coach. Um, so that's something where I actually get to kind of dig in and discuss how to learn with my students, which is something you don't really get to have time with when you're saying like, well, we've got to cover algebra today. So you're on your own for figuring out how to do that homework. And what I really love about the way that Apple Ruth works with students is that we're really about um, student self-efficacy because we know that if we can change the way that a student views themselves, we can change what they're capable of doing. So we want to make sure that students are the ones that are in charge of their learning, whether that's a student coming in and saying, well, I wanna get this score on the SAT because I really want this school and this is their top 25% and that's what I want. Or it could be a student saying like, hey, I really wanted to challenge myself and take AP Bio this year, but I'm really, really struggling, but I really wanna be pre-med, please help me make this make more sense. Or it could be a student coming in and saying, I'm really worried about the transition to middle school. I'm really scared. I, you know, elementary school was fine. I knew everyone there, but now I'm going to middle school and I feel like I'm just not going to be able to cut it. So then we can work with that student, whether that's on, well, let's learn how to study. Or it could be, oh, I see that you're kind of struggling with, you know, the actually sitting down and doing the homework. So let's work on what's stopping you from being your very best student. I love that because it's so true. Like even today with adults, it's mindset. Mindset is mm -hmm. so different. Um, and I remember back when I was a tutor, way back when, um, with the I can and the I can't. Yeah. And uh, like, I don't know if you do that arm test thing, but I did that mm -hmm. with my student and he flipped out um, because it was true. Like when he said I can, he could, you know, fight against me. When I mm -hmm. said, if he said I can't, I could push his arm down. And he just, you know, because yeah. I was this little, you know, 20-something year old, and he's like this big football player. Um, yeah, I, I love, love that you... Uh, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I love that you guys focus on the mindset because that 
I know for me, I was not a good test taker. And I mm -hmm. always went into tests saying that I'm not a good test taker. I'm sure if I had a different mindset, I probably would have done better. Yeah, absolutely. The stories we tell ourselves about ourselves are so important. I love telling my students that I hated math in high school. I cried my way through BC calculus. I was absolutely miserable. And if you told 17-year-old Jenna that, you know, years later, I would be really excited about math and I would like do an algebra problem to like chill out at the end of the day, I'd be like, that is, you've got me confused with somebody else. And it, and it really is about that mindset, right? You Like you were saying, if you told yourself a different story, if you told yourself, I may not like this test, but I want to do better because it's going to take me where I want to go, then that's, you're approaching it from a completely different uh, standpoint. Yeah, very different. Um, and so I know you do every level. Mm -hmm. So elementary, middle, high school. And I know you were saying that um, helping people with tests or helping people with certain subjects. What is it that you see most often with your general population, with like your elementary kids, what skills they need and their lack, you know, that they don't have or mm -hmm. in middle and high school? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that this has sort of been on everyone's minds because I think at least in my community, learning loss and, and what to do about the last two years has been really hard for a lot of people. Um, the good news is that it looks like elementary schoolers are, their pace of learning is back to where it should be. So thankfully sort of the, the younger learners hopefully are gonna start bouncing back. Um, but I'd say in general, when you're finishing up elementary school, you've learned how to get the short-term assignments done on your own. You know, like teacher says, hey, you need to do this homework assignment. And maybe there's a little reminding from the parents in the corner, but you more or less are like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and do my worksheet or I'm going to write this story about whales or whatever your teachers asked you to do. But it's the long term planning that you haven't really had to get into yet. So going into middle school, what I'd say a really good skill to start working on is how to do that long-term planning. Like first step, get an assignment notebook, right? In elementary school, maybe you don't need to keep track of things as much, but in middle school, teachers aren't gonna be holding your hand as much. You're the one who's gonna need to know what did I get for history for tomorrow or what's the assignment for math or when is that test happening? So helping students learn how to see that a test is on the horizon and not just study for it the night before, well, that's really like some next level study skills. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Learning that so young because it's such a big transition. And I have that a lot with IEP meetings and stuff from middle, you know, from elementary to middle school. What's it going to look like? Because mm -hmm. you go from one teacher to seven teachers, you know, and it's such a big change. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine. And then you're seven assignments and different dates and they don't always, you could have three assignments due on the same date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one teacher who maybe was always, you know, on the lookout for you and, oh, I know, you know, Sandra really struggles with getting her work in on time. So I'm going to give her a little nudge and remind her, you know, that's, that's not going to be there in middle school. They want to help you start becoming more of an adult and start becoming more responsible. And the more that students can realize like, oh, I need help. Like I always tell my students, the sign of an adult is somebody who knows when to ask for help. I love that. 
Because that's so true. And I, like I was from the generation that you don't ask for help because it means you can't do something, mm. you know, which is just ridiculous because we can't do it all, you know, mm. and we don't need to do it all. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and knowing who to ask for help, like yeah. that's really the special skill. That is. And that's why I have on my resource page on my website, which I think I'm not sure if I have you guys on there, but I will add you like places that you can go get help, because if we can't help you, if you need something else, I like to have the resources for all the parents in one space. So it makes it easier. Yeah. Um, And then what about from middle school to high school? Because I know that's another big transition time. Oh, yeah. So. From middle school to high school, hopefully you've learned how to balance your multiple classes and your different agendas for each class. Um, But then that's really where learning that growth mindset. So I can or or even just I'm going to try. That's really where it comes into mind, because now you're getting into harder math. And this is where I really see math anxiety um, really appearing is when students are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not good at math. I'm just really not a math person. Well, that was me. <laughs> yeah. And that's OK. There's no such thing. Like we can all be math people. It's it's going to be OK. So thinking about how do I create that growth mindset where I see a failure and I think, oh, how interesting. Like, that's what I really want my students to say. And sometimes if they're if I'm being really, really pedantic with them, I might even make them say how interesting every time we look at a problem that they missed on a test or every time we go over a writing concept that they really don't enjoy. Thinking of it as a, oh, what am I going to learn from what I missed this time? Right. Yeah. And I remember that because, you know, some students have like that, um, photographic memory so they can mm-hmm. you know just spit it all out but do they really understand it yeah. whereas when you get some answers wrong mm-hmm. then going over it totally makes more sense to me and I remember at least for math somebody once taught me to do the problems backwards to check yourself mm-hmm. which yeah. I was like oh you know yeah oftentimes if I have a student where they do keep getting a certain type of math problem wrong to me at least that means oh we, we need to work on the why like that's that's what's really going on. If is if you're having trouble factoring or you're always misplacing your commas or you're putting semicolons in it's sort of haphazardly wherever they look really cool, then that means that we need to talk about the why. It's so much easier to remember something when you know the why. And that actually leads to the other thing that's really important for high schoolers, which is to learn how to take good notes that help you study later on. I'm a big proponent of Cornell notes. Um, I love them because you are, as you're writing, you're forcing yourself to test yourself on it later. So if um, basically you're like dividing a sheet of paper into like three different parts and the main part is your notes, but then on the side, you're encouraged to write down keywords, key takeaways from those notes. And then even later, you're encouraged to write a summary of everything that you were writing down. So you're forcing yourself to paraphrase what it was that you were even taking notes on and thinking about why did my teacher want me to learn this? That is so amazing because that's a skill I didn't learn until law school. You know, <laughs> undergrad degree, master's degree, high school, all of that. And I didn't know, you know, like how to take notes. And it's, it's something you don't really think about. And I know um, for me, like going to college, I didn't start thinking about college and where I'm going until 10th grade. Mm-hmm. 
And I know for me, that was not a good idea because ninth <laughs> grade was already done and 10th grade was already done. And had I known where I wanted to go, mm-hmm. those years would have been different. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm working with a really self-aware um, going into junior year of high school student who, when you know, we started meeting together, mostly working on executive function skills, but he came in, he's great. Every week he's got like a new thing he wants to work on. And this last week, it really was, I want to take good notes. I know that I'm not. I know that studying takes me forever. I want to take better notes. And something that he was doing was he was reading the entire chapter and then going back and taking notes. So we had to talk about like trusting yourself that you're going to understand what's going on the first time around. You don't need to read something twice. And just the idea of I'm reading something and now I'm going to think about what's important and I'm going to write that down is helping you understand and is helping you remember far better than reading some boring history book. It's probably not. I find history very interesting. But from (laughs) teenage perspective, some boring history book twice Reading something boring twice, I can't imagine how that's going to help you study for anything. Right. Because if you, yeah, exactly. If it's boring and, you, and you're not into it, then yeah, I get that. I get that. That's awesome to teach that skill. Um, so I love that you said you you work with the children earlier. Like, so what, you know, like when do people need to call you? When should parents call you um, that their child needs extra help or they don't know what they don't know? Mm, Yeah. So I'd say if your child is is struggling in a particular class, you know, if it's maybe everything's going really well, but math is just a disaster or everything's going really fine. But my student has no reading comprehension to speak of. It's you know, they can actually read the words. It isn't a literacy problem, but they do not understand what they're reading. Then that sounds like academic support. That sounds like, okay, we can assist in that particular class. Um, I had a student I worked with, we were technically working towards, say, the HSPT, which is a test that you take to get into Catholic high school. So we were theoretically working on just that. But then from that, we realized, oh, if I get into this fancy high school, I need much better math because my middle school didn't prepare me for that. So that created... uh, an understanding of, oh, there's a gap and it's pretty serious. We should probably work on that. If it seems like it's kind of every class, like there's sort of a general feeling of overwhelm and it's not this particular subject gets me down, but it's kind of all of school gets me down or I'm sitting here and I'm so overwhelmed that I have a total meltdown then that sounds like, okay, this might be sort of a broader picture, executive function skill coaching or academic skills coaching, um, where it's more, let's examine the actual approach to school. Um, Yeah, but I'd say like, it, it never hurts to even just have like one session with the tutor and maybe the tutor's able to clear up all the confusion and help the student sort of see things in a new way. And the student goes, oh, that's great. Wonderful. I'll see you in another month for like a checkup. It doesn't need to be a, we're going to meet every single day at 6 p.m. and we're going to work on your writing. It can be kind of a tune-up, a, a checkup rather so than- it's not, So it's individualized. Absolutely. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Because I know there are some tutoring which is needed, like mm -hmm. for children with dyslexia that goes mm -hmm. through a certain route because that's what you need to do for the child to be able to comprehend. But with you, it's you know whatever it is. Let's meet the child where the child is, and then keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. I love how individualized we're able to be. Um, we want to make sure that exactly like you said, we're meeting the student where they are. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what can parents do? Like we just started the school year, you know, Montgomery County started yesterday. Some of the other DMV areas started earlier. Mm -hmm. What can parents do to start off the school year right now? Like to, to get that structure and the, you know, what's going on, you know, the change from the carefree summer. Yeah. So I'd say make sure that your student has a place to study that is theirs, that is welcoming and has like positive, you know, good vibes um, for the student to be using. So, you know, do they have their own desk? Do they even if it's just like a corner with a chair that isn't their bed? Just some place where they can go and say like, OK, I'm now in my space. I know that a lot of us were really struggling to find those spaces during distance learning. Um, so you may still have those spaces. <laughs> they may still be there. You may be worried that you're going to have to go back to it. Um, but I would say like making sure that your student has a place where it's organized. They know where to put their papers. They've got a spot for everything. Um, I'll sometimes say to my students like every day, just set a timer for five minutes and clear off your desk. Just make, you know, that's when you go, oh, I have a Kleenex here. Oops. And well, that book really shouldn't go there. I'll put it over there. Just five minutes every day can keep that space welcoming and comforting for the students. Um, and I'd say the more that you can get your child to figure out what they need and what's going to work for them, the better. Um, I often describe executive function coaching as the art of asking really, really good questions. So sometimes if a student is struggling, instead of saying, well, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Asking them, you know, what did you do the last time that you were struggling with this? So thinking back to were you able to solve this problem previously? And if so, what did, what worked for you then? Um, or so great. what would what would you like to do, even if it's a even if it's a bad idea? Just like let them right. try it. I, and, I, you know, I love that because as as a business owner, um, you know, I talk to my coach often about things. And one of the things they say is when an employee comes to you with a problem, tell them they have to come with you with three potential solutions. Mm -hmm. And so you're teaching the children to do this now in school, which is a skill that's going to, you know, for a lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, as students get older and I also work, you know, with college students who are realizing like, oh, I sort of managed my ADHD in high school, but now I'm in college and there's no one to help me. Um, I find that the more that they can make the suggestion and then I can say, oh, that's a really good idea, the more likely they are to follow through on it. So the number of times that I've met with a student and they've been like, yeah, I've got this whiteboard calendar here. My parents gave it to me. Oh, cool. Do you ever write on it? No. And it's a great idea. A whiteboard calendar is a great idea. Having it up on the wall so it's visible is a wonderful idea. But you may get to a certain point where the student doesn't care if it's a wonderful idea. They care that mom and dad are making them do something. So asking the student, like, what do you think would be helpful? 
you know, how would you like to keep track of all the different things that you've got going on? Would it be helpful to see them in front of you on a board? Would it be more helpful if it was on your iPad? Like, talk to me, what do you think is gonna work? Because if a student says, well, I think this is gonna be a good idea, then you've already got buy-in. And that's right. like the hardest part. Buy-in is so hard. It's, it, it is, it's the biggest um, part of everything. And I had a question and it just went away. Um, <laughs> there's a follow-up question there. But I mean, I, but it's true. It's like getting that, knowing the why, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not somebody forcing you to do something, Yeah. you know? And then, you know, if, if I decide that I want to do it, I'm going to do it more, you know? Um, I had this weird, really um, interesting interaction with one of my college students where normally with my executive function students that I'm coaching, we'll do a check-in every day. So I'll text them and say, you know, what's on your list of things to do today? And they'll say, okay, this is what I've got. And then maybe I'll check in with them later in the day and be like, okay, how'd that go? Just so that they've got an accountability partner. And usually we agree to that. This isn't just me saying, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be blowing up your phone every day. This is, how would you like to let me know that you've gotten everything done? And usually they say, oh, I'll just text you. So with this student, we immediately ran into a whole bunch of difficulty where I would text her and she wouldn't respond. And it would just sort of go on that way the whole week. And that happens a lot where, you know, students get enthusiastic about something and then it just doesn't quite pan out for them. So after a week or two, I wanted to have a conversation about, okay, so what about this isn't working for you? And it turns out the text messages really stress her out. Like she's got a hundred unread texts, which gives me anxiety. I don't know how she lives with it, but for her, texting was not helpful. And I had made an assumption that, oh, Gen Z, they they live on their phones. Of course, she would want to text me. But that was just building up more anxiety for her. So what we've landed on and what's worked pretty well, I'll let you know in a couple more weeks, is we, we have a shared note on our phones. So we create the list in there. She knows I can see it. She knows I can see when she's checking things off. And so she knows that there's the accountability that I'm going to be looking to see what she's done, but it's not a constant ping on her phone reminding her, oh, you didn't do anything yesterday. And Jenna's going to be so disappointed in you. Right. That is awesome. I love that. Like just finding the solution that works. And that reminded me what I was going to say earlier is um, with, especially with our high school students, a lot Mm -hmm. of times I'll bring them into the IEP meetings so that, the kids can say what accommodations they want and if they think the goals are acceptable, because again, they need to have the buy-in and what they need. And a lot of times the students will come up with things that us as adults didn't even think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love that. Cause that would be the one, the skill that I would want high school students to develop going into college is that, that piece of self-advocacy, which, you know, I would hope all students get, but My neurodiverse students especially need to feel comfortable with advocating for themselves in a world that often does not think about what they need when they're thinking about, you know, how am I going to set up this meeting or how am I going to do this interview process? Um, It's it again, it's sort of like asking for help, but like advanced level. 
Right. right. You're not just asking for help. You're saying this is the help that I need. And as you said, it's so important for college because although the IEPs don't come with the children, the mm -hmm. 504 plan does sort of 504 plans. If the uh, college has uh, gets federal funding, mm -hmm. then they have to follow 504. But if not, they still have to follow ADA. Yeah. And it's now I from what I understand, most colleges have an ADA office, but they're not going to come seek you out. Mm -hmm. You know, the student has to go to the ADA office and say, I need accommodations. This is my disability. This is what I need. And guess what? They're over 18. So mommy and daddy can't do it either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think a lot of students um, don't have practice in that, don't have practice in advocating for themselves. And then all of a sudden college comes and they sort of have to figure it all out for themselves. So to, to actually loop back around to that question about, you know, how can parents help kids get ready for school is the more you can help your student to start self-advocating, the better. Um, you know, like even if it's like, oh, my teacher's so mean, you know, he 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 told me that I, I couldn't do this, that or the other, you know, maybe you know, within appropriate bounds, it's good to talk about like, okay, well, how would you like to talk with your teacher about that? Let's role play that. Let's practice that. How do you think that conversation might go? Because even if the teacher's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not, you're at least practicing talking to somebody in authority, asking for what you want and coming up with good reasons for it. So not just, I would like extra time because uh, I really would like it. Uh, but really, really thinking about what that would mean for you and why that's helpful and why, in some cases, you have a right to that extra time. Yeah, that's important. And starting the younger, the better. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, as I always say about my my children, it's the, the, the characteristics I want them to have as young adults are really tough when they're five and eight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because it's like, yes, you need to negotiate, not with mommy and daddy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Glennon Doyle saying, I'm so glad I taught my children to express their emotions. I just wish they didn't do it like all the time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I love that. And so are you all able to help with that? Like, do you, do you offer any classes like webinars or anything that students can take, like how to prep for college or what the top 10 things you need to do or know? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we run webinars all the time, whether it's with um, internal people at Appleruth, like Jed Appleruth, our founder, who's fantastic. Um, we actually have a series that's called the Three Keys to Academic Success webinar series. And we've got that coming up in September, just in time um, for school starting. And so we've got one um, that we are, we're calling Brain Science 101 that really talks about how learning works. And that's gonna be on Wednesday, September 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we've got Polish Your Study Skills. So really thinking about that study skills portion and how to prepare, how to get organized, how to be better at note-taking. Um, that's gonna be on Wednesday, September 21st. And then we've got your moment of brilliance, how to show what you know. Um, so, you know, it's not just enough to study, how do you make sure that you really deliver on that test or that paper? And that's uh, Wednesday, September 28th at 8 p.m. Are they, do you have to take all three or is it 
Absolutely not. You can sign up for whichever ones you find um, are of interest. And actually, um, if you sign up for one of those webinars, and I can definitely give you the link for those, um, Francis, for later, but if you sign up for one of those, you will be one of the first people to know about our academic sale that is happening in the second half of September. It hasn't been published yet, um, but we are going to be doing an academic sale for students so that they can be supported throughout school, um, and those hours can last the whole school year long if you need to. They don't expire. Um, and I also know that we're going to be doing um, some webinars in September. I believe September 13th, Jed's going to be doing one specifically focused towards parents of students with LDs, ADHD, or who are twice exceptional um, to talk about more specifically about the challenges that those students face in school and how parents can support them. So he's going to be doing that uh, in, I want to say, September 13th. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's funny because when you said brain 101, my automatically my brain went, oh, that's geared towards parents. But mm -hmm. then I started thinking about it. I'm like, no, kids should understand how brains work too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love talking with my ADHD students about why their brain does what it does. Because I think so often those students sort of internalize the feeling of, oh, it's because I'm lazy. It's because I just don't focus. And one of the, I'm very passionate about talking about how ADHD isn't attention deficit, really. I think of it more as attention dysregulation. So you are paying attention. You are just equally paying attention to the bird that is right outside your window that's chirping really loudly. And so now your attention is divided. It's not that you don't have enough. It's that it's going places that you can't control. I like that. And it's also like our, our children with neurodiverse children and disabilities that I see a lot of times that they feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? Fix it. And there's nothing wrong with you. Your brain just works differently. Yeah, I absolutely love and I've been, you know, just telling everyone that I can about it. This book called The Dyslexic Ad uh, Advantage that is all about the ways that dyslexia can actually be really, really helpful. And the fact that there are higher rates of dyslexia in certain professions, because it actually helps you with um, three-dimensional reasoning, or it helps you see connections in things that other people would not have been able to grasp. So I loved reading about how this can actually be something really advantageous for students. And I know that there's um, there's a couple schools in the area, I wanna say uh, perhaps, the, I wanna say the Siena School, um, where they strongly recommend that parents read that book um, for their students because, you know, yes, there are disadvantages to having dyslexia. It's gonna take you longer to read something. It might be more frustrating, um, but there are also real advantages that you can be proud of and excited of learning how your brain works. And I want students to, to be able to fully embrace their positives as well as their negatives, just like we all do. Right, that's so wonderful. I, I joke around often that uh, to be a litigator, you kind of have to be a little ADHD. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be focused on the witness and the judge and potentially jurors and writing down that your questions next and you know you're bouncing all over the place. Yeah, so it's you're not <laughs> right, right, because you can do that. Um, Absolutely. That hyper focus that students sometimes get into, that can be really helpful if you need to focus on a long exam, if you're able to get yourself 
into right. a super focus state of mind. And you learn how to use that. Yep, mm -hmm. definitely. I am so happy I had you on and I met, I think we met through Wiser, right? Yeah, we sure yes. did. I love the networking group. Wiser is such mm -hmm. a great group. Um, I joined, I, I've recently joined, so I haven't learned as much about it, um, but it's so great. Who do you, like, do you have a shout out for anybody? Um, oh man. I mean, I'm, I am so lucky that uh, in the ways that I work with people at Apple Ruth that I'm just, I feel like I'm surrounded by lots of really wonderful people. Um, I would say I love um, in terms of like educational consultants who really get it in terms of learning disabilities and learning differences. Um, I'd love to shout out Joan Witten and her colleagues at College Consulting Collaborative. They only work with students with LDs. They are absolute experts in their field. Um, they give fantastic guidance and they really know like the back of their hand, the schools that are gonna support students. Um, I also uh, really enjoy working with Jody Glau of Custom College Consulting, who also really makes a point of um, working with students with LDs and supporting them. And, and um, she's really well aware and well versed in say, what to do when you're dealing with accommodations and what happens if they're denied. And so she can be a really great resource there. And I've really enjoyed getting to know um, Andrea Malkin-Brenner, who really focuses on that intimidating transition from high school to college. Um, so if you're a parent out there who's wondering, okay, but how do I make that jump? Um, she's got a really wonderful series of books and conversation cards and lots of really great ways to engage with your students about it. That is wonderful. Thank you so much. Because what I do with the shout outs is that I'm going to reach out to them and see if they want to be on the show. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they're all wonderful. Strong recommend. Awesome. And so they, like you said, educational consultant, and that's, they help find schools or? Absolutely. Yeah. Educational consultants, um, independent educational consultants is sort of the full title, but they do everything from helping you pick out courses. If you're looking at, you know, look at all these classes in high school. I don't know which ones I should be taking to get to my goals. They can help you with that. They can help you come up with your college list if you're overwhelmed by the hundreds and hundreds of colleges in the United States, uh, especially if you're a person with a serious learning disability or a strong learning difference and you're wondering, is there a school out there that doesn't just have an ADA center, but actually is going to support me, a student with ADHD? There are certainly some colleges that do that better than others. So IECs can also sort of help push you towards um, the school that's the best fit for you. And they can also recommend, um, you know, a specific program that you might be really helpful with. College essays. They do all the college essay magic that I would not even dare to tread upon. Um, so they can they can be as involved or as not involved as you need them to be at any point in your student's educational journey. That's wonderful. Because, you know, as parents, I don't know. I mean, I'm an Absolutely. education attorney and I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like every day I turn around, there's a new college with this cool program that I'd never heard of. Right, right. And so that's what they do. They make sure mm -hmm. they know about all of it. That is so wonderful. Um, I am looking at, I think we are good. Like I'm trying to think of any other questions because it's like, I love having you in because Apple Ruth does so much because you mm -hmm. have the independent educational consultants and the tutors for all academics of all grade levels and um executive functioning. 
Yeah, so we, we work on uh, academic support for students. So whether that's uh, I'm in an AP class and I need to study for the test or I'm in an AP class and I just started and I'm already very scared. Um, and we do test prep, so SAT, ACT tests to help students get into um, private schools earlier on in their journey. And we do also do executive function coaching. Um, we partner with IECs, that is certainly not part of our business, but we do um, enjoy working with them and assisting their students. And we're always happy to make a recommendation to a student if they're looking for something in particular. There are IECs who specialize in students who wanna be recruited for uh, an athletic team or students who are really interested in the arts. Like there are so many different types of schools and I know recruiting is its own interesting yeah. uh, bear. Um, and, there are, and there are IECs who really focus on those particular areas as well. Um, so I'm always happy to refer and give a couple names of people that I think would be a really good fit. Gotcha, wonderful. So you guys don't do that. But you no, no, no. We, we partner okay. and we are so grateful for our partners, but we know that um, that our bailiwick is really working with students on uh, on academics, on learning content, on learning strategies to help them through school, whether that's I need a uh, brush up on my academic skills, please. Can you teach me how to study or whether it's executive function? Can you teach me how to get into the chair so that I can then study? That is wonderful. I love that. Thank you for clearing that up. And thank you so much for being on my show. Um, I love having guests and giving back to the community and learning about great companies that are so giving in their way and their approaches. Well, thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Stress-Free IEP with your host, Francis Schefter. Remember, you do not need to do it all alone. You can reach Francis through SchefterLaw.com, where prior episodes are also posted. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing the show with others through YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. 